You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. On this episode of the podcast, I have a chat to Morgan from at Pretty Little Shelf. We have a chat about her bookstagram account, as well as her partnering with powerhouse bookstores to run a YA book club. In addition, we chat about the Black Resilience Bookster Tour, which Morgan has been doing on her bookstagram account for the past two years. Just a little warning that at the end of the podcast, we have a chat about The Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. There are a few spoilers in our conversation, but it's not until the very end, so there's still plenty of other spoiler-free content for you to enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Bookstore and Podcast. Morgan, how are you this afternoon slash good morning, depending on where we are in the world? <laughs> uh, good morning to you and good evening <laughs> from New Jersey. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Tegan. I'm really excited to chat with you today. You're very welcome. I always start my podcast with an icebreaker question. So my question I have for you is what book have you recently added to your TBR? So I recently added Sugartown Queens by Mala Nunn. Um, So first, the cover is gorgeous. Um, It has three beautiful women of color on the front. And the book, it takes place in South Africa. And so it's a different continent entirely from me and so I'm really trying to read more books located in different locations and just from different perspectives to really just widen my reading and so I'm just I'm that's one that I'm looking forward to. And I think that beautifully suits your bookstagram account because in your bio you have your like your aim is to diversify others reads and so I think it's really important that you're also acknowledging you diversify your own reads with the choices that you make. I did a little survey last night for Australia Reads, mm-hmm. uh, which is a like a non-for-profit organization here in Australia. And um, there was this question that asked why you read. And there was so many like little prompts that came up that I was ticking every single box. And to learn about others and their experiences, it would definitely be a reason why I like to read as well. Um, my most recent add to my TBR is The Last Guest by J.P. Pomer. So he is a New Zealand author and uh, he writes thrillers. So I've read uh, three of his other books and absolutely love them. Uh, so this one uh, is The Last House Guest is um, essentially a like it, it by the sounds of it, it threads between a few uh, between two different couples um, about a and set in a vacation home. And apparently it's meant to be really terrifying. So I'm thinking it's one that I'll be reading um, in daylight hours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely looking forward to your review on that one because that is also on my TBR. So depending on what your review is, maybe I'll move it up or maybe I'll keep it where it is. Excellent. I um, Have you seen it all over Bookstagram as well? Is that why you've yeah. also added it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and funnily enough, on this survey, that was one of the things it said as well. Like, why do you um, add books to your TBR pile? And I was like, yeah, definitely like Bookstagram. Like if I've seen it multiple times, if I've read some good things about it, I will definitely add it. <laughs> yes. There's definitely been multiple books that I've picked up that can go under the hashtag Bookstagram made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that hashtag. <laughs> So 
Uh, you also have a bookstagram, which is one of the reasons why you are on the podcast with me today. Can you describe your bookstagram feed for my listeners? Yes. So um, when you go to my page, you'll find really a, I would describe it as a self-care aesthetic in the sense that I have quotes from women of color and their motivational quotes are just really words that get you to self-reflect and to figure out different areas in your life that you can improve on and to focus on relationships and maybe some need a little bit more tending to than others and just to really take the time and with the books that I read they are by women and people of color so when you come you really do get a, a diverse um I guess, wealth, wealth of knowledge from me. And so whatever you're looking for, I hope that you do find it. And I'm always open to recommendations as well. So if you do read a book that you find that maybe I will like that's by a person of color or by a woman, definitely reach out to me about that. So why did you decide to start a Bookstagram account? I really enjoyed reading and my boyfriend and my sister were getting a little tired of hearing me talk about the books that I read. So I figured there has to be an outlet of people who also like reading as much as I do. And so I started the bookstagram and it was definitely the best decision that I've made. It's so great hearing people's responses when I ask that question. And for so many people, it's the same reason that the people in your life might not read as much as you do and you need to find solace in another community of people. <laughs> and I think Bookstagram is the right place to do that. <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. And you've also managed to find another community to talk about books with. Uh, and you have partnered with Powerhouse Bookstore to run a YA book club. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So that was really just me reaching out to different bookstores and publishers to see if I could create an outlet for young readers. And so I wanted to really create a space where young people can be excited about reading and also see themselves in the books that they're reading. And with the conversations that we're having, I want it to be open and honest. And so however a book made you feel, I, I want us to all be open to the emotions that we're feeling so that it's an authentic conversation. And I know I didn't necessarily write this question down to ask you, but how does it work if people want to get involved? Yes. Yeah, so I will post the flyer for the book club that we're reading that month. So for instance, this month we're reading this poison heart. And so I'll post it. And um, in my bio, you'll find the link to register for the book club. And so that will take you over to the events page with Powerhouse. And once you sign up with them, they'll send you the link for the Zoom. And if you haven't already purchased the book, you can purchase it through their website and you'll get 10% off of the book. Awesome. Is it normally run online? Or is yes. it in person? Yeah. yeah it started during COVID. So it's been virtual. And I think that it's a really great option for different people who have a lot going on. And maybe you only have an hour, but you can't make it to the location. But you could do this via your phone and your computer. So I think it's very versatile. And, and I've definitely been able to reach more people. So I'm excited about that. Especially young adults. Like the, the younger generation is uh, much more much more um, adaptable to uh, online 
forums as yeah. well. And yeah. especially um, if you guys experienced online learning at all last year um, or even into this year, it's, it's a really safe space for a lot of young people to connect with others. And you don't even necessarily have to put your camera on um, to be able to be involved, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. I always, in the beginning, I say, if you're comfortable turning your video on, you're welcome to. If not, that's absolutely okay. I am excited to chat with everyone and hear how you've, um, what you thought about the book. So it's all about the discussion at the end. So whether you do want to turn your video on isn't really the important part to me. It's that you're present and you're ready to have a nice conversation. So one other way that you connect with others is through your Bookstagram account. Um, and in particular, last month you had a Black Resilience Bookster tour, which you hosted via your Bookstagram page. Can you tell me a little bit about that or, and where people can go if they want to have a look at what happened? So the Black Resilience Bookster tour, I started it last year in 2020, and it was in response to the murder of George Floyd and the different killings of other black people and so the tour was really a moment to bring black people on bookstagram together and have a moment to celebrate some joyful moments because it seemed like there were just a lot of negativity and hatred going on and so i just wanted a moment for us to to come together to to celebrate enjoyment and so with the tour, it's we're celebrating black beauty and sisterhood and just showing that we are we are versatile. There are many things that we have to offer. And so a lot of times when you're reading, people may think, oh, well, if I'm reading a book by a black author, it's going to be something relating to trauma or slavery. And that's not the case. And so this is really an opportunity to show everyone that you should pick up books by black authors because they do write books in fiction and poems. And so there's, there's more to it than just that, that nonfiction sector. And so I think with the tour, you'll see different black bookstagrammers. So that also exposes you to more people. And I personally, I don't read that much fantasy, but you may find someone that does. And if that is your favorite genre, boom, you found someone that you can connect with. And you know that when you go to their feed, they'll definitely have a book that's there for you. And so I think it's, it's about exposure and about community. And so that's really my purpose in creating the tour. I think you summarize that beautifully and and touched on and connected to so many things in your life uh, that is relevant and and why you wanted to run this initiative and and not only as a once-off but something that you'll probably do every year now um i actually found by looking through the prompts that there are a ton of books that i've read that connect to those prompts um but there's also prompts that i go I, I wouldn't know where to start with that. So I thought it would be a really great idea for us on the podcast today to help promote your advocacy that you uh, that's so ingrained in your bookstagram to randomize the prompts that you've created for the Black Resilience Bookster Tour. So what I'm going to do is it's all imported into an online generator. We're going to spin the wheel uh, probably three to four times. We'll, we'll see how long our conversations go. Uh, so are you ready to spin yes, the wheel? Yes, I am.
So the prompt that came up was your favorite book book released in 2020. Um, I'm going to let you answer this one if that's okay. I think I would have to go with Grown by Tiffany D. Jackson. The book, it follows a young black girl who has dreams of becoming a entertainer. And so in her process of becoming discovered, she goes on a talent show and she meets a celebrity who is currently successful in the industry and who takes her under his wing. And so in the moment, she's very excited. Obviously, she's getting the attention from the celebrity. But as the book goes on, we, we see the, the different possibilities that could happen with this. And so in this case, it is a negative experience. And um, so she does encounter some trauma with the with the celebrity and it does it's similar I would say to what transpired with R. Kelly and what we learned but I think the way that um, Tiffany D. Jackson went about it she really focused on the main character and her experience and how she was able to then bring herself out of it and the overall journey that she went through it was it was a moment to say this is what happened to me this is what i learned but it doesn't define who i am and so and I, I think that that was special yeah and then that's certainly a very powerful message to come through uh, through literature as well all right shall we spin again yes ma'am we got all right favorite book by a black author that enhanced your reading uh, so my response is such a fun age by Kylie Reed I think that I read this book in absolute record time and it really helped me to sort of step into the shoes of somebody else um, and and better understand uh, the, the world as they see it I also really liked, uh, for me, coming from my perspective, it was a powerful way to show the difference between class and race and how someone perceives how they are, but how they actually are is very different. So, yeah, I think I think I said that okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, for mine, it would be Black Boy by Richard Wright. And so my favorite quote from this book is, Culturally, the Negro represents a paradox. Though he is an organic part of the nation, he is excluded by the entire tide and direction of American culture. Frankly, it is felt to be right to exclude him, and it is felt wrong to admit him freely. Therefore, if within the confines of its present culture, the nation ever seeks to purge itself of its color hate, it will find itself at war with itself, convulsed by a spasm of emotional and moral confusion. And so the book, it is an autobiography that identifies the social constraints of being a black man in America. And 
the way that Richard grew up in the South and when he migrates to Chicago, the experiences that he encounters and also during this time, how he was labeled a communist and how that also impacted his overall experience as a black man and just the the many different layers of the black male experience in America. I don't think that there are enough books out there or not enough people pick them up to read. And so I think that this one definitely elevated my reading. It's a really great suggestion as well for other people who are listening that might want to explore um, what it is that you spoke about that the book connects to and that idea of that multi-layered, um, not only just being a black man, but also having uh, those those um, connections of communism layered on and, and many of the other um, intergenerational um, aspects or issues that would have formed in there as well. All right, shall we continue spinning the wheel? Let's do it. Okay, it was favorite black author. I have it. I couldn't pick one for it. Um, can we do two? Yeah, you can share two. Go for it. Okay. So, I would say Bernice McFadden and Tiffany D. Jackson. Oh, actually, let's do three. And Jacqueline <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Is there any particular books of theirs that make them your favorite? So with Bernice McFadden, I would say all of her books have had different, have, have really provided me with a different experience each time. And so I would say she writes historical fiction, but just the imagery and the emotions that she's able to pull from you as you're reading it's it's always so exciting and so i always look to see what else i can can read from her because for example with sugar um that is a book where one character is is a sex worker and the other is a church woman a, a staunch church woman and how they're able to form this beautiful relationship regardless of what the community around them is saying and and what social norms are acceptable and and how you should behave i think that it it really shows the beauty of just black women and how strong their friendships are and for tiffany d jackson i would say my favorite book from her is allegedly and so that one it touches into the foster care system and just how do we how do we protect the vulnerable population and if this is a system that is supposed to be created to really nurture and and build them into someone that can later contribute to society there's definitely some missing links and so what we need to really improve on there and then for Jacqueline Woodson my favorite book from her would be Red at the Bone. And so with Red at the Bone, 
it is shorter, but I think that it is, it's profound even in its limited page number. And so with that, it really, it's a multi-generational family drama. And so just each character that we meet and how their relationships intertwine, it's, it's important because sometimes in relationships, obviously, they may go one way when you expected it to go the other, but how just every relationship that you're ever in, how it really shapes who you are. And so that's, that's a book that I definitely loved. I love listening, you, listening to you talk and also seeing your face as you're speaking about each of these authors and these books. It's it like, for those of you listening, Morgan has this massive smile on her face as she's sort of reminiscing the parts of the, the books that she loved. And I think that's really special as well. All right, we'll spin the wheel again. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. And, oh, all right. A favorite book about sisterhood by a black author. So mine would be, now, when I wrote down my answer for this one, I was like, well, it's not necessarily the good side of sisterhood, but it's a book that I've really wanted to talk more about. And it is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. So I think the first thing that really gravitated me towards this book, if I'm honest, was the cover like I have the cover that has the gold detailing and the bright, like um, I'd say like laundry green and then the pinks and purples. And I instantly was like, I must have that on my shelf. Um, but I also thought the book definitely like, like left a mark. It was one that I still think about every now and again um, in different ways. And I'm trying oh there. Um, and I, I feel like um, from me as a, as a white woman in Australia, there is so much that I can learn about this certain period of time in America, the inherited racism that still has an impact, the, um, the, the idea of um, the female protagonists who are actually sisters and the changing perspectives between their lives and how each of them have lived out their life. I also thought it was just, it was a really captivating premise. And one of the memorable quotes that I thought echoes through so many different elements of our society is there were so many ways to be alienated from someone for you to actually belong. And I thought that uh, beautifully encapsulates so many of the different characters in this story. Have you read The Vanishing Half? I have not. Oh, uh, it's a goodie. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Shall we spin again? Yes, please. All right. Memoir by a Black author. For my favorite memoir, I would select Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. I think that this novel, it had a lot that I wasn't previously exposed to. And so his experience growing up in South Africa and how um, the impact of the apartheid, he was able to really give his own voice. And so obviously we know him on TV and so he was funny and he was honest, but I think the overall message that he was able to deliver with the book, I think sometimes with celebrities, when they do their memoirs, it may 
missed the mark, but for this one, he definitely nailed it. And it is a book that I often recommend. My response would be Becoming by Michelle Obama. It, uh, it's incredibly personal and it not only tells us what we want to know, like we want to hear about her accomplishments, um, but it also just goes so much deeper into her family life, her relationships, her marriage. And I really, really need to reread it, but I want to reread it as an audiobook where she actually narrates the story. I think that would be a really nice way to connect with it. Is there one that you want to come up as we spin the wheel potentially for uh, one of, maybe this might be our second last spin. Is there one you're hoping that will come up? Favorite coming of age. Oh, and I really, I really want the YA one to come up. Okay. Well, I guess they're basically the same. Yeah, they're very similar. All right. Well, let's do that. Let's, <laughs> we won't spin the wheel. We'll share the ones we really want to share. We've uh, gone do you rogue. want to go first? <laughs> yeah. We have gone rogue. All right. I'll let you share first. Okay. So my favorite YA slash coming of age is my book club pick from July that I read with the YA group. It was Hurricane Summer. And um, Hurricane Summer, it's by Asha Broomfield. And so this book, I, I haven't read many books that take place in the Caribbean. And so my parents are both from the Caribbean. And I really like that the author, she included Patois. So the book, it takes place in Jamaica. And so I think that the fact that she included their native tongue, it really it gave authenticity to the book and it really, it required the reader to, to get out of their comfort zone to really immerse themselves in the experience. And so the book, it covers a father daughter relationship and how sometimes we can work so hard to try to get the love from someone that we think we deserve, but at the end of the day, we have to realize that maybe they're not capable of being that person or at least the person that we have crafted them to be in our head. And we have to accept them where they're at and understand that maybe that love that we were searching for elsewhere, we're able to provide to ourselves. I think any stories that have that family tie within and especially that relationship between parents and children um, can be really fascinating. And I, I think like what you mentioned there about the idea of like the love we think we deserve from a parent um, can quite often be um, out of the realms of what they offer. They're able to support. I've just finished reading Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid and it mm -hmm. definitely explores uh, that notion of, of like children and their father and that, that love um, that, yeah, is not as existent as they would have hoped. Um, right. All right. another well, book that's yeah. all over Bookstagram. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is all over Bookstagram. <laughs> um, and, but I think it's worth the hype. I, I think it's worth the hype. So my favourite, like, young adult slash coming-of-age novel is Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon. It's, for me, it encompasses a story about love and how far that love goes so actually in contrast to what we were just speaking about the <laughs> love between a parent and a child and a child wanting more love than a parent can give this story is probably the other extreme um and that 
I, I love like flicking back through the book and there's just this beautiful um, mishmash of genres. So you have the narrative genre, but then you also have like books and um, you also have drawings and projects and text messages. And it's just a really treasured book um, in my collection. I also really enjoyed The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon and Instructions for Dancing is also on my TBR as well. Let's spin the wheel one last time. See how we go. Oh, it's right on the cusp and of uh, coming of, of age book, which we've ju just done. But how about we end with the romance, a favorite book? Oh no, where is it? It's okay, yeah, a romance one to end. Awesome. Would you like to go first? Yes. So my, I would say my favorite that I've read recently would be Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. And so I think that I really enjoyed this book because it wasn't the usual trope, like enemies to lovers or fake dating, and then you fall in love. It was a couple where they they had history from high school and they've gone their separate ways and really just creating lives of their own so they're both authors and what we find out um may or may not be a spoiler my apologies i'm happy for you to give spoilers because i want to talk to someone about this book that's read it so i have some questions to ask you okay okay um so with the book both both characters have really made their lives. They're both authors. They're successful. And what we find out is that they've been writing about each other. And this is really their way of coping. And so how they are making sense of the seven days that they had in June when they were in high school. And then fast forward to the future, they reconnect and now trying to figure out where they fit in each other's lives because there's definitely some unfinished business from the past that they need to really reconcile with in order to move forward but i think just the rawness and the honesty of both characters and their willingness to really just lay it all out there and be vulnerable with each other was was different from what we're seeing in some romance novels i think sometimes romance novels are very surface level and and we don't really get an in-depth connection with the characters, but both of these characters have past traumas. They have things that they're dealing with. And beyond that, they're still able to love one another. And so I think sometimes people, it's like we either need to focus on ourselves or be in a relationship. It's like you can't do both. But this book shows you that you can do both, but in a healthy way. And so this was definitely one of my favorites. I really loved majority of the book and I particularly really liked Audrey and uh, her as like a quirky daughter, as well as like the relationship that Eva and Audrey have together. And then the idea that they have to sort of um, open up their lives to, to Shane as well. Mm -hmm. And I've heard Tia Williams speak about this book and the moments of this book that are also part of um, her life. So 
She also struggles with chronic migraines um, and uh, she spoke about how difficult it was for her to get uh, medical help or medical assistance a lot of the time because it was Mm -hmm. kind of brushed off. And um, also that idea of like, she wrote this book while she was also falling um, in love with her current husband and the idea that her and her daughter also had to um, like open themselves up uh, for, for this new relationship to come into their lives as well. So I thought like oh, there's some really, that. yeah, there's some beautiful connections. But one thing I do want to ask you about this book. Now, this was, this was where the book fell down for me was mm-hmm. that the eventual love story, and we've already said that there's spoilers, so beware. The idea that the book ends, but mm-hmm. then they actually reconnect. And when they reconnect, it's in the epilogue and decide to be together, it's in the epilogue. Like I was... <laughs> I was a bit like astounded that it kind of felt like it just skipped a whole chunk and was like, all right, well, let's get these two together in the epilogue. <laughs> what did you think about that? Um, I would say I, I agree. I think that if it's going to be a standalone, we need to know everything right then and there. If you're going to make it a series, then you can leave us on a cliffhanger. So I think putting it in the epilogue was it was it an afterthought or was it she was trying to please us i i i do feel torn with that as well i think we ended with a really positive conversation and i reckon we could easily do a whole episode based on the seven days in june yes which means that everybody listening you should pick it up yes agreed i'm gonna plan for season four at the end of the year so if it's a book that i'm still thinking about i'll definitely reach out to you and see if you want to do an episode on it yeah definitely awesome so thank you so much for joining me today morgan you're welcome thank you so much for reaching out to me and if there if you want to do another podcast i'm totally open to that so just reach out you have been listening to the Book Storing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and follow me on Instagram at the Book Podcast.